0: So this is part two of our Dupont de Lyonnais episode. If you have not yet heard part one, you have to go back and start at the beginning. So go back to last week's episode, otherwise you are going to be very lost. So if, if you've already done that, let's uh, go ahead and start part two. The lease on the house is terminated, there was a note on the mailbox that said, please return all correspondence to the sender, thank you the house was empty and all the bank accounts were closed.
1: Yeah.
0: Non-prosecutor Xavier Ronson said that our Xavier had severe money problems and it was at least 50,000 euros, which is about $57,000 in debt. Wow. He declared 4,000 euros of income in 2010. Emmanuel, his friend, lent him 5,000 but claims to have been reimbursed. Xavier borrowed 65000 Thousand dollars. I'm getting these from different sources, so I think that's why some have translations and some don't. Yeah. He borrowed sixty-five thousand dollars from a woman he was having an affair with, and then asked for another thirty-three thousand, even though he couldn't pay back his first loan. She said no.
1: To both, or just the second one?
0: To the second one. Why would you say yes to the first one? She said no and demanded her first loan back. He then told her that he was three months behind on rent and taxes, and the state wanted money from him. So she dumped him, and at the beginning of 2011 began legal proceedings against him to retrieve her money, which led the bailiff to Xavier's house on April 8th. Because on April 8th, the guy showed up trying to collect the debt. Mm. Despite being noble, when his father died, he didn't leave any money. When Agnes's mother died, she inherited 85,000 euros, which is about $105,000. But she gave it to Xavier to start his business. And prior to starting Cellref, Xavier was drawing unemployment benefit. In 2010, they were close to living—they were living close to the poverty line, but they still appeared affluent to friends and neighbors. The kids attended private, uh, private Catholic schools. They had four cars. They took vacations. Xavier portrayed himself as a business executive who traveled all over, and he said that he often went to the U.S whether or not that was true
1: Hmm. Uh,
0: Agnes tried to regain her faith because for a while she had lost her Catholic faith and she was regaining it she paid a Catholic guru approximately four thousand dollars for spiritual guidance and to exercise the demons and one of those demons happened to be the jewelry that her mother-in-law had given her as gifts Xavier was furious and tried but failed to get the money back Psychiatrist and criminologist Roland Couten believes that this is the act of a narcissist who can't accept his fate. The catalyst is his debts, and he thinks, quote, my people could not stand the truth and they are better off dead. So this criminologist is just thinks that the headspace that uh Xavier was in is that I have too much
1: debt. They're better they're better off not knowing dead than and then poor. Uh, yes. <sighs> yep. That's it. Uh So
0: January 2011, three months before the murder, Xavier's father died. So we have these debts. We have his father's death. His wife selling his mother's jewelry. In 2009, Agnes began writing online under the name Agnesus and Scorpius. She said her husband was a workaholic. Usually his work took him away from home. And when he was home, he locked himself in his basement office on his computer. When he was with the family, he was, quote, macho and cold. He believed that a man was the head of the family. A taste of some things she wrote: quote, he gave the orders and one had to obey without asking questions or understanding. Oh no, I am deprived of everything—tenderness, love, friends, and sex. Oh my
1: poor sweet baby.
0: He is too harsh, too insensitive, too rigid, too mir- militaristic. Unquote. These are and she. This is not all at the same time. This is various postings.
1: Yeah, th- I mean. These are all just toxic traits.
0: Agnes couldn't talk to him about this because, quote, he feels attacked, humiliated, belittled, unquote. She said that she didn't have friends, and she was very worried and angry about their lack of money, since he used her money to start his business. Xavier was also saying variations of things like, quote, if we all die at once, everything would be over. So on more than one occasion, he had said things similar to, like... We can all die together. That would be great. So not the greatest relationship.
1: No, and his headspace was not good. There are always options above murder and or suicide. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, shit was bad, but a lot of his toxic traits were the reasoning for that. Like, why could his wife not get a job? Why did he have to be a self-starter? Well, why couldn't she, he get a job somewhere? She had a job she was she worked i know she worked at the school school, yeah but like if he's if his stuff wasn't working out why could she not just like why couldn't she become a breadwinner yeah and why did he feel the need to be self-employed or a self-starter or an entrepreneur or whatever you want to call it And everything
0: he had ever ever done had been very like hand-to-mouth So he, I get into it later, but he did at one point backpack around America Mm -hmm. and him and his friends just did like odd jobs here and there. And when him and Agnes got together and they were trying to find somewhere to live in France, it was just like odd jobs here and there. And he never did any work that required any kind of...
1: Yeah. And that's awesome. But when you have kids, it's very different. Yeah. You can't... And when you're not providing...
0: In 2005, Agnes filed a police report against Xavier because he assaulted Arthur, the oldest. Mm. And it could just be projecting or because I read so many articles and some of which I could tell were tabloids and were were slanted Mm -hmm. or biased. But from all the reading and research and everything I did, it did seem that though he adopted Arthur, that... Thomas was a golden child being the uh,
1: most uh, narcissistic parents have a golden child, child so
0: and Thomas would be the heir
1: yeah uh, he would have been Xavier's firstborn the first boy the heir to everything
0: mhm uh, regardless of if there was anything yeah also in 2005 Agnes became close to another man Though the relationship didn't develop past long phone calls and text messages. Xavier and Agnes split from July to October that year because he overheard one of the phone calls. Oh, shit, Agnes. When they reconciled, they wrote an open letter to family and friends in which she took all the blame and praised him for being a wonderful husband. And he wrote that he wanted to erase the negative image they had of him due to what she'd
1: been saying about him. Wow. I thought that would, uh... Wow, that get sounds your like I'm not saying that having an affair is okay, but
0: and it wasn't a real affair like he had. It was it, it was an emotional affair, which are are not okay.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. If my husband ever had any sort of emotional anything with somebody, um, you might be doing a podcast about me. <laughs> I I mean could not handle that. Like same, but I'm not saying that what she
0: did was okay.
1: Yeah, no, it's not okay. However, the response... I mean, she should f- take responsibility for her actions,
0: but... Yes, but I feel like it being one-sided...
1: Yeah, that that's the part that...
0: Yeah.
1: Not the part that gets me.
0: And this is all under, like, stuff the investigation is pulling up. Until 2010, Xavier was part of a fundamentalist Catholic website, and in April of that year, he started a discussion thread called... Necessity of Sacrifices, with the introduction that said, What does God need or want? Do we offer him the death of an animal, of a child, of a man, of his son? Thank you for your answers. And he wrote in it, quote, The concept of sacrifice, bloody or not, human or animal, is intrinsically linked to all religions, and especially ours, unquote. In March 2010, he talks about having been Catholic for his whole life, but no longer having faith. When he received pushback, he defended himself with a religious resume, is what I called it. It lists, quote, altar boy, member of the Catholic youth movement of France, daily prayers in the forms of dialogues with Christ, the Virgin, and my guardian angel, etc. I was even part of a group receiving private revelations directly from God, unquote. (laughs) We always end up back with mental health. Xavier says that his mother wrote down messages entrusted to her by the Holy Virgin and Jesus Christ when he was a preteen. Like, she received direct correspondence. And she saw, like, statues of Mary crying. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: mental illness.
0: She founded a prayer group in 1964. She strictly controlled its membership. In 1973, 11,000 copies of the messages that she uh, received were printed in a document titled A message of love and mercy, a book of redemption, and it was distributed among Catholic devout. In 95, she told the group that the end of the world was coming in June. Xavier, Agnes, and the three oldest children joined her and her followers to await the apocalypse. Of course, it did not come. I mean... The The religion is wild. The reason I include that is kind of of like a because I consider not including it because it's about his mother more than about him. But it, it speaks to the environment he grew up in and the fact that as an adult, his mother was like the world's ending and him and his wife and his kids were like, cool, let's go to your house and just like hang out. I felt it, it kind of spoke to his not mental state necessarily, but certain beliefs. Like, you know, how like in cults, like people can be perfectly sane. And be in a cult and believe, like, something completely banana bockers. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of why I included it. Like, regardless of whatever else is going on, like, this is a really weird thing.
1: It is. And I think that there are a lot of people who get pulled into cults because a loved one is into it. And you're going to trust a loved one yeah. more so over other people. Some people are just more susceptible, susceptible. to stuff. And, it, I don't know, It's it's hard because, like for example with cult 45 right and all the trump stars and everything like that Mm -hmm. i think that it's very easy for people to get sucked into cults and um widely spread misinformation because the more you hear something like i said earlier the more you start to believe it and that's all that's all that cults are doing is repeating the same thing back to you and it's an abusive relationship essentially where it's cyclical and they do the same things over and over you know they make themselves your only source of support. So if you try and leave, yeah. you don't have anywhere to go. They tell you, you know, if you do X, Y, and Z, everything will be easy. You know, just trust me with this or that or the other. And, you know, it, it is easy. And just like in abusive relationships, you believe all that. And when you realize that something's wrong, you're in really deep and it's harder to get out. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what happens with a lot of cults. So besides... All the religion stuff. Xavier had a
0: mistress in Paris. And he fought with her. Like physically or? So they were all. Everything I read was was pretty vague about the mistress. With the exception of the fact that he borrowed money from her. And uh, tried to get more money. And she said no. Yeah. And then was like also I'm going to see you now. So bear in mind that. The first two sentences of this section that I'm gonna say might be referring to her, might be referring to the same person, or it might be referring to different people.
1: But we translated it so we're not entirely sure?
0: Oh yeah, also that. Okay. But he did have a mistress in Paris, and he fought with her. I have a feeling it was more like arguments. Okay. Uh, he had renewed contact and was having an affair with a girlfriend from his teens and was borrowing money from her. I think those are referring to the same person. and. That is the one who uh eventually said no okay and i'm sorry i can't be more clear
1: they didn't give any names
0: it didn't give any names it didn't give any like descriptive features
1: yeah
0: it's hard to tell but he also remade contact with a german ex-girlfriend named claudia so he was hitting up some uh some ex-girlfriends he's like "Hey, hey you up
1: catching in those old
0: flings um the couple however hid their marriage troubles from the public neighbors said that they were always holding hands michelle his friend michelle is a boy not a girl michelle his friend also described xavier as loving he says quote they had harmony they kissed spoke nicely he was a very caring man very close to his children he was a happy family unquote and that could be a mistranslation yeah to be fair so there was this real juxtaposition between the two four dollar word yeah Shopkeepers said that nothing in their behavior made it seem like there was a problem financially. The children's friends say that the kids were happy. One of Agnes's friends said that she'd been pleased with the idea of having become an aristocrat by marrying Xavier. Xavier fancies himself a philosopher. This is, again, all stuff they dug up. He fancied himself a philosopher, and he wrote to a family member, Quote, out of 100 people, 10 are homosexual, 20 frigid, 30 sexually obsessed, and so on, while about 10 are well-balanced. We cannot therefore say that being well-balanced is the norm, quite the contrary. I'm sorry. What? Basically, he's being like, being well-balanced is un- unusual. Of course, then he also lumps, like, homosexual people yeah. and frigid people and uh-huh. sexually obsessed people into being...
1: Yeah, that, not well balanced. Yeah, that was uh, that was where my my concern was. Although speaking as a homosexual, I am not well balanced. <laughs> I am unbalanced. Yes, but
0: the point he is making though is like, oh, I'm a normal person. I am.
1: Yeah, I'm not weird. weird. Normal is weird. Yes,
0: normal is weird, and it, it was just a very weird thing to say. Is he's like, I'm a philosopher. I'm, I am so smart. He said, actually, he said in an email to his sister, quote, my IQ is higher than 150, which means like those of 0.1% of the human race, which is stupid as a whole, and yours should be too, unquote. I know that grammatically that's very weird, but it's probably a weird translation.
1: That's not even where my hang up is. My hang up is if you have to tell me you're smart, you're not smart.
0: Mm hmm
1: The king doesn't have to say he's the king. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't
0: you don't have to tell me, yeah. And he's was he's, he's talking to his sister. He's like, you and me, we're smart. where the the population is stupid. And it's
1: just another thing that we've seen from serial killers where they think that they're so smart that everybody else is so stupid. Mm-hmm. He took great pride
0: in his noble heritage and had quote a superiority complex.
1: I belong. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I belong to a group of people who are intelligent, determined, balanced, and in good moral and physical health. Such people are rare compared to the masses, unquote.
1: I'm sorry. Which is <laughs> balanced and unbalanced now. I know. Okay. I knew that would get you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: yep. Yeah. I hate him. However, however, in an email to his mistress, he wrote, quote, I can no longer sleep, and every night I have the most morbid ideas to set light to the house after having fed everyone sleeping pills than to drive straight into a truck so that Agnes can get the 600,000 euros of life insurance money, which is about $785,000.
1: Yeah, but if you light the house on fire with everybody in it, she's going to die. Also, if you light the house on fire, all the neighbors are going to get in trouble too because your house is attached. Yo, that's right. <laughs> Not the point, though, but
0: he's like... Oh, yes, I am determined. I'm moral, physical health. I'm going to kill myself and my family and light everything on fire.
1: Yeah, you're definitely well balanced, my dude.
0: But with Me and you both. <laughs> what you pointed out, though, with um, I'm going to kill everyone so that she can get the money. Some some uh, of the investigators also pointed out, like, that's dumb.
1: Yeah, that's super dumb. Nobody. First of all, I would not trade my children's lives for any amount of money. No. Nothing could- nothing could fix that for me. Yeah, no. He- he obviously needed some help. The- this next one is
0: interesting because it's one of the most bizarre parts of this story, and interesting parts of the story, but I only have two sentences written down for it because I couldn't find any more information on it. Okay. There were no traces of blood or evidence in the house that tied Xavier to the crimes. He had stayed in the house for a full week after the murders. There was not a scrap of evidence. There was no blood in the house. There was no fingerprints in the house. There was no. There were no fingerprints in the house. There was no fingerprints. There was no hair. There was no blood. I'm sorry. There was no nothing.
1: Nothing. There was nothing. They lived in, the in house. this house. His his DNA would have been normal to be at the house. Well, to clarify.
0: Some of this I'm working off of remembering the episode. So this sentence specifically comes from one of my sources that will be listed in our newsletter. I don't remember which one because there's a bunch of them. Now, remembering the Unsolved Mysteries episode, they specifically say that there was nothing in the house. That being said, they might mean that there was nothing out of the ordinary in the house. There might have been like their fingerprints or whatever. Nothing damning.
1: Yes. No damning evidence. There was no okay. blood in the house. Okay, so...
0: There was no let's, struggly things in the house.
1: For a minute, he planned this, right? Mm-hmm. So what if, in all of his his murderous planning, he laid plastic down mm-hmm. on the bed? That's beds, a theory. Right? I know that I personally have a mattress protector that soaks up water and stuff because I was pregnant and didn't want my water to break on my bed. He could have put plastic down under that. So that way, if they felt anything weird, he could have just played it off as I got mattress covers or what have you and, Mm -hmm. you know, cleaned all that up. If he shot them, there should have been splatter, though. So he would have, I mean, even with a silencer, he still would have had something to cover it up to cover that splatter. So that is... It's very weird. And he had to take them through the house to get them out to the garden. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. It's all very, very weird. How much cocaine do you think he did to clean that well? I don't know Xavier how much cocaine did you do <laughs> we're
0: gonna tag you in this
1: <laughs> geotag
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's like my shortest one of my shortest little tags in here and it's one of the most bizarre parts of this but like nobody seemed none of the articles seem to want to go into it as much as i wanted them to go into it Xavier was obsessed with America in the late 80s him and Michelle traveled across the continental 48 for over a year and a half. He wanted to buy land across the lower half of the country, so like Florida and Texas Mm -hmm. and California and Alabama, and open hotels catering to truckers. And in the early 2000s, the family unsuccessfully attempted to immigrate to Florida. I also couldn't find anything further on that. So I don't know if that had to do with that company that was listed as being in Florida or what. It just said that they tried to come to Florida, they moved back. They couldn't do it. Well again, no one was as interested in that part as I am.
1: Yeah, in their defense though, Florida sucks. Yeah, we have DeSantis. Oh my God. And Matt Gates. So fucking Matt Gates. <laughs> God damn it! You got me on fucking Matt Gates again. Fuck <laughs> you, Matt Gates. Fucking piece of
0: shit. <laughs>
1: <sighs> he is the worst. Somebody was like, "I can't wait for DeSantis or Matt Gates to run for president," and I was like, "Fuck that." Why? Why would you want them? Why, Why would, you would you want, you want them?
0: In March 2011, when Xavier bought ammunition and the silencer, he did also buy cleaning material and the quicklime. Of course. And then police began to search for a body around Roquet Roque Bruin sur Argine and the event that Xavier committed suicide. Around this place they, they actually called in the army and used helicopters to search the forest and they used military spelunkers to go into the caves and the abandoned lead mines to try to find him. But no body was ever found.
1: I honestly think that he accidentally died somewhere. Like, I don't think he killed himself. I think that he was like, I'm gonna survive in the forest, and then like, fell down a hill.
0: (laughs) Fell down a hill, twisted his ankle, got eaten by a bear.
1: Yeah, while he was alive, hopefully. Are there bears in France? I don't know, that's a really good question. That's a, a
0: bunch of the evidence. So now we get to the fun part of the conspiracies. So even though Christine, Xavier's sister, originally doubted the authenticity of the April 11th letter, even though she was maintaining her brother's innocence. She began telling the media in March 2012 that, quote, the family left for the United States because their safety was threatened in France. The bodies found under the patio can't be those of Agnes and the children, unquote. Okay. In July 2010, so this is before all this went down, Mm -hmm. almost a year before.
1: Okay. Xavier
0: had emailed some friends and had said something about an accident and said, quote, I hope that even after a police investigation, my parents, brothers, and sisters will never be led to believe that I intentionally caused these accidents, even if the evidence is strong. End quote. Which is a really weird thing to say. Sure, bud. Like, so that leads us to believe that he might have been planning this for a whole last year.
1: That's um I just feel like uh I don't know, that's, that's terrifying to think of.
0: I appreciate the lawyer, though, because according to him, quote, We don't even know when the victims were killed. In reality, nothing is certain in this affair, other than the fact that some bodies were found. Investigations were carried out, but all that they have allowed us to ascertain is that the bodies shared the same DNA. No analysis has compared this common DNA with that of Agnes. Furthermore, my client confirms that the body's heights and weights do not correspond to the known dimensions of the family members. I don't know who killed this family. Nothing about their lives would lead me to believe that anyone would have it in for them to this extent. This is the conclusion of my clients. Since no one could have killed them, the fact is that they are not dead. I
1: feel like I just had a stroke. <laughs> so you're going to tell me you found, I'm sorry, you found five bodies, the same genders as the family, and roughly the same dimensions, which is, I'm sure, a... a...
0: Not like he had put lime on the bodies or that they have been decomposing for
1: three weeks. Yeah, I just, um, uh, I don't understand why you would... Why this is the step that you would take. Why, as the family lawyer, would you insist that the family is not dead? This is this is Xavier's family lawyer. So this is his sister. Okay.
0: And they're trying to okay. be like, Xavier didn't do this.
1: Okay. Well, that makes horrible sense, <laughs> but it does make sense. No one could have killed them, so they are not dead. That's not how that works (laughs) because literally anybody could have killed them and the most prolific serial killers go on for so long because they go after strangers versus like murderers that kill somebody they know out of anger or passion or frustration i don't feel like nobody could ever murder me i feel like very many people could murder me at any point in time and it's terrifying Physically, I could kill you. You could physically- I could not. Physic. now, emotionally.
0: Okay, so Christine provides photos of where the bodies were discovered and says the space is just under four feet high. The perpetrator would have been working on their hands and knees without long tools like the shovel and hoe purchased by Xavier before the murders. She also mentions that no displaced earth was found in the garden, so the perpetrator would have had to move all of this earth by hand and left absolutely no trace of it. Christine says that Xavier had neck and back problems and wouldn't have physically been able to get under the porch. Emmanuel, his friend, does agree with this. Due to the low headroom, the perpetrator would have likely banged their head and rubbed their hair on the ceiling, but no skin cells, blood, or DNA were found.
1: Okay. So you're telling me that the main suspect for this is a three foot tall person with dwarfism and a backhoe and immaculate cleaning skills? Apparently. Like this man had an entire at least week in the home. hmm He had time to do so much stuff and mm-hmm. if you're telling me that there's no evidence in the house, then why would it not also be possible that he would have gotten rid of any evidence outside of the house?
0: Mm-hmm. He he was moving a bunch of bags constantly.
1: They said that they saw yeah. him do a bunch of bags.
0: That's why I like talking this out with you because when I was doing the research for this, I was so like focused on every minute detail as I was like putting all my notes together that like. I- you know, I'm missing the forest for the trees. Yeah. Now I'm talking it out with you. And I'm like, oh
1: yeah, all these bags.
0: He was there for a week by himself. That's I where this know. stuff went.
1: I think the weirdest part for me of all of his behaviors that he did is going to get Arthur's stuff from school. I think that was the weirdest choice. Mm-hmm. Almost like he was trying to delete them entirely from reality. Yeah. Um, Like every, everything else, you know, like he, he quit for his wife or, you know. Or maybe the, the, the letter quit for his wife. Well, or
0: to put off questions so like he went and got the stuff and was like oh yeah he said what we do for our kids so maybe he was also like oh he's you know coming home and it was right yeah, before I the Easter so. it was right before the Easter break Christine also says that Agnes confided to friends that her family was the subject of serious threats now how Christine knows this I don't but I do appreciate the prosecutor Xavier Watson's response he says quote i understand the pain and the dismay of the mother and the sister i also admit that these five murders can cause a denial of reality the unsigned letter from april 15th supposedly from xavier covers four pages of paper and is written in an in an informal sometimes humorous style it was released in the press on may 5th and it's really weird at the beginning he fully explains and goes into detail about how and why the family is going into witness protection which is not a thing that you're supposed to do through the letter he's also like oh be sure to tell all these people about us going into witness protection but tell the younger folks not to tell uh not to say anything about it on the internet but also be sure to tell the internet we went to australia when i show you this letter you'll understand but he, he actually makes a list of but like You need to tell A through S that we are in witness protection. And he's just saying it to everybody. That's weird. Right. He does, however, have a whole section in this letter that I I actually relate to very strongly. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) Uh, But this section is where he makes a to-do list for his friends and family, or what I call is, uh, I call it an idiot-proof list. He's very specific and detailed about where documents are and keys and where money should go. For the furniture, he provides the nearest dump down to down to the kilometer and the days and times that the dump is open. And it's the same kind of list that I made for my coworkers when I went on maternity leave. <laughs> the witness protection parts of the letter are just bizarre though. Xavier does say at the end that no one needs to mess with the rubble under the terrace and it that it was there when they moved in. And this of course <laughs> is where they found the bodies.
1: There's nothing suspicious there. Just
0: leave it alone. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Exactly. Uh, Emmanuel, his friend, specifically notes a sentence that says, quote, this letter is the only one authorized and it's written under control, unquote, as if Xavier is writing it under duress. He also notes that everything is printed and nothing has a signature and he says that it's, quote, weird. However, when he gets the letter on April 9th, He's in shock, but he completely just rolls with it. He goes to the house, he finds a sticky note and the cellar keys. Emmanuel says he doesn't recognize Xavier's handwriting and he was scared, but he didn't see anything alarming in the basement. And after that, he followed the instructions in the letter and he didn't notify PD. So even though the whole thing was weird, he's like, oh, okay, well,
1: everything turned out okay for me.
0: I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. However, he did say that it smelled like sulfur, so, you know, I just went ahead and solved everything, and it it was demons. Emmanuel also speculates that there was a third option, which is assassination. And he believes that Xavier's dead, but he doesn't believe that he killed his family, though he is, quote, no longer sure of anything. He points out that the DEA and exfiltrations are things that exist, and going along with that theory, if we're going to follow it, uh, Emmanuel says, Xavier's attitude at the hotels could be due to him thinking that he had sent his family along to a witness protection program and that they were safe. Not knowing that they were actually dead under, under the porch, if it was an assassination. That were the case. He also received, Emmanuel also received a personal note, supposedly from Xavier, that said it would be funny, after being best friends for 37 years, to not see each other again. Which is not funny. Yeah,
1: I don't understand the humor in that joke.
0: And Michelle, his other friend, said that if Xavier wanted to die, then, quote, he would have committed suicide with his family, unquote, and thus believes that he is alive somewhere. So, his two friends are on opposite sides so the investigation has been running since 2011 and has led to over 900 tips and searches
1: holy wow wee wee wow
0: i've read other places that it was over a thousand it's up there it's been speculated that xavier used his connections with gerard corona and netsurf concept llc to open foreign accounts and get anonymous bank accounts to just disappear
1: So we think he's in the United States, right? Well,
0: Martin, who is one of the journalists featured on Unsolved Mysteries, points out that there were many routes leading out of the French countryside. And here are a few of the uh, things, places he might have gone. So he could have escaped to Italy, where he's hiding with family members. Okay. Or Croatia. Okay. He knew English and Spanish and went to Latin America on a cargo ship. Okay. He had plastic surgery and has been living in Scotland.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Michelle says that Xavier has all the qualities to blend in with the crowd and reinvent himself. He says he's, quote, discreet, charismatic, and kind and can change his appearance. Quote, he speaks several languages fluently without an accent. He can pass for an American without any problem. He must have left somewhere where he speaks another language that we do not find him. He did not stay in France. That would surprise me." End quote. And this is a picture of Xavier. He just looks like a dude.
1: Yeah, he just looks like a conventional French dude. He's here laughing. He's He's got got a a cigarette.
0: cigarette. Like, I've seen this guy at a bar. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, if he changed his glasses frames alone, it would change his face a lot because he really is a very average-looking middle-aged man.
0: Like, this photo versus the picture that i showed you earlier of, of him at the atm yeah versus a photo that i didn't put in here um that they had on unsolved mysteries of when one of the kids was younger and he's got like just this goatee thing going on yeah. like he changes his facial hair he mm-hmm. looks completely different mm-hmm. he's just he's just a white guy Before he vanished, he tried to contact several old friends. The police in Nantes spent over two years looking for Claudia, the German ex-girlfriend. French prosecutor Brigitte Lamy said information from Germany was handed over in April 2013, but, quote, added nothing to the file. In June 2013, a body was found 12 miles from where Xavier was last seen. An autopsy didn't completely exclude the possibility of it being Xavier. The prosecutor said, quote, at this moment in time, It is not the body of Xavier DuPont de Lyonnais, unquote. Without any more explanation. So I guess he just, like, didn't have enough evidence to conclusively say it was him.
1: There wasn't enough, there wasn't, um...
0: It's just a really weird turn of phrase.
1: I I understand what he's saying, though. He's, like, he's he's not implying that the body's going to change who it is. It's like, it's not him, but it's not not him. Yeah. In July
0: 2015, a non-journalist received a photo with a handwritten note on the back that said, Xavier Dupont de Lyonnais, I am still alive from there until this hour, end quote. The picture shows Arthur and Benoit sitting at a table. It isn't known who took or sent the picture. This is the picture. And, like, that's such a personal photo of just these two, like, at a table. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, some rando just coming across it. And then the, this is the back. Where he wrote he wrote on the back.
1: And until we live again? No, it says,
0: I'm still alive from there until this hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, it didn't say anywhere if they did handwriting analysis or whatever. They just said huh. it couldn't be proven that it was from him. Okay. On January 9th, 2018, armed police raided the San ducerre Monastery in Roque Bruin sur Argin, where Xavier was last seen after several worshippers claimed to have seen him. Police initially had trouble with the monks because they'd taken a vow of silence. But two and a half hours later, after a search with dogs and helicopters, they determined it was a case of mistaken identity, and it was a monk who just bore a resemblance to him. Right. On October 11th, 2019, a man was arrested in... So this is last year, a yeah. year ago. A man was arrested in Scotland after a flight from Paris. Following an advanced passenger information alert, Interpol in London told French authorities that someone on a Paris-Glasgow flight for October 12th had entered details from a stolen passport. Suspecting it to be Xavier, French authorities planned to be at the boarding gate to intercept him and verify his identity. However, he made a last-minute change to his booking instead of flying out the night before. So this was too late for the French... Uh, police to get to the airport, and so they asked Scottish PD to intercept the passenger when he got to Glasgow. However, the guy was arrested and fingerprinted by Police Scotland, and they told French authorities, quote, this is your man. This information was released to the media and was a massive story all over France. Meanwhile, French authorities studied security footage from the Charles de Gaulle airport and started to doubt the man was Xavier, and these doubts were further raised when police scotland refused to send the fingerprinting results
1: what the fuck
0: (laughs) on october 12th after more thorough fingerprinting and a dna test it was announced that the man was not xavier and my favorite quote from this ordeal comes from this guy's neighbor and in all the articles it's censored but the neighbor says if the police really think it can be xavier dupont de lyonnais it's a huge bullshit
1: Okay, but why does this man have a stolen... So, what had happened? This is this is the guy. Yeah, I see him. It's an older gentleman. Doesn't look anything like him. No, but, I mean, 10 years? So, lived in. No. No? Okay. His nose is nowhere near the same.
0: Like, um,
1: you already said he could have had plastic surgery. <laughs> he didn't necessarily have to go prettier.
0: That's true. Um, so, what had happened was this guy had lost his passport a while back. Oh, it was his passport. And he had reported it lost. And he found it no he had gotten a new one and he had been traveling on his new passport and it just happened that this time it flagged (laughs) and this guy is like what is it he's a portuguese-born french national whose wife lives in scotland and he was going to go visit her it was was this crazy thing
1: what a crazy random happenstance basically and these two guys look nothing the same no they really don't the gentleman whose passport it was is probably in his 70s
0: yeah, so um, at least five documentaries and special reports exploring this case have been aired on French television. French broadcaster TF1 produced a drama series inspired by these events. The storyline's fictional, but it's based on the case mixed with that of John List. In 2020, Netflix rebooted Unsolved Mysteries, and this case was featured in episode 3, House of Terror. I'm pretty sure it was episode 129 of the podcast, Case File, where I first learned about this bizarre nonsense but I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. So, Xavier's never been formally charged with the murders, and so the case remains technically unresolved. Prosecutor Bridget Lamy considers Xavier a suspect and believes that he probably committed suicide. If his body is found and there's no other suspect, the investigation will be closed by default. Xavier is a nondescript white man. He's got no strong features, he's average height, he's physically normal, he stays unnoticed, and he doesn't draw attention. The April 11th letter... Hi everyone! Huge surprise! We have to leave urgently for the U.S. due to a very particular set of circumstances that we will explain below. You're receiving this letter by conventional post because for the next few years we can't communicate any other way. No emails, no texts, no phone calls for safety reasons. When you read this letter we will no longer be in France and won't be able to return for an as yet undetermined period of time, a few years. You must be wondering what's going on. Here's the story, at least as much as we're allowed to tell you, this letter is the only correspondence we were allowed to write, which might be good news for some of you, and it has been checked before being sent to you. When we started our company in Miami in 2003, we were put in contact, through the person who helped us start the company, with the DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration, a sort of American drug squad with agents on the ground in several countries, who were looking for a French national to infiltrate. The French nightclub scene to obtain information about drug trafficking and money laundering networks without drawing attention to themselves. through the route Commerciaux, I found myself in a different city every evening that's his, that's his um, mm-hmm. thing that he was doing
1: mm-hmm.
0: I found myself in a different city every evening with a legitimate reason to make contact with nightclub the nightclub bosses to invite them to be listed in the leisure section of the RDC. So I, Xavier, was the ideal candidate. So once I was tested and briefed, I accepted my mission of working incognito for the DEA under the condition that I maintain secrecy, which includes even more importantly, the children. So that's the real reason why we returned to France instead of settling in Miami and not due to vaccinations that were supposedly dangerous for the children. Those who have never, quote, swallowed this, quote, bogus reason can rest assured they were right, LOL. This has allowed us to build up our official business activity. The RDC and Cellref established especially to develop lewisersvisites.com along RDC so that nightclubs can feature in it and to have an unofficial monthly income since this official activity did not bring enough money to cover our expenses. Far from it. Moreover, even with this cash boost, we have experienced temporary financial difficulties from time to time as you all know, and we'd like to take this opportunity to once again thank Emmanuel and Bertram, who bailed us out in a timely manner by acting as our bankers. Everything has gone according to plan in the nightclubs for the last seven years until now. With the information that I, Xavier, have collected in this time, I have become a key witness in the upcoming trial involving major international drug, drug trafficking kingpins. The trial will have to take place in the US in the next few years. The date has not yet <clears throat> been determined What complicates matters is that certain tips have recently led us to believe that my cover may have been blown, and unfortunately we received confirmation of this yesterday. Therefore, the situation has now become potentially dangerous for us here and has required us to take emergency measures. When I first went undercover, I accepted that I might be placed into the Federal Witness Protection Program. This is what we now have to do, and we're not doing it with any excitement, but because it's necessary and there's no way around it. So we have been taken into the protective custody of the U.S. government and transferred to the U.S. And we have new identities, which of course, which must, of course, be kept secret. By the time you read this letter, we will officially no longer exist as French citizens, with an exclamation point at the end of that sentence.
1: I don't like this.
0: We will be Lambda U.S. citizens, living in the U.S. like any other U.S. citizen, except we will be forbidden from communication with our family and friends for an undetermined period of time a period of time at least until the trial is over
1: why would the american government pull you into a safe house instead of the french government
0: because he's working for the americans undercover
1: yes but why would they move you to the united states instead of working with the french government to put you in a safe house in front france go on yeah
0: this gives us some advantages and disadvantages advantages absolute safety no reprisals to fear the US government is taking care of us financially living in the US we can't tell you where but the weather is warm most of the time and the music is good disadvantages sudden rush departure and total secrecy without being able to put our affairs in order no contact with you for a long time impossible to let everyone know all electric communications had to cease immediately the hardest thing there is some tension with the children who couldn't tell their friends and are forbidden from using Facebook and other online networks but it's okay, really, they understand. We had to give up the dogs. Luckily, someone took both of them so they won't be separated.
1: Oh my God, sure. go on. We're relying on
0: each of you to carry out the tasks that we have assigned you below. We hope we haven't asked too much of any of you. We know we can count on you. Number one, Cedric. Come and remove whatever is left at home by 31 May, the earlier the better. We started sorting through things and giving stuff away, clothes, etc. but we didn't have time to finish. We could have let the Americans sort everything out, but they're not very thorough, and everything would have got lost. Priced furniture, musical instruments, cars. Seventy percent of the stuff can be taken to the dump. All the beds, chests of drawers, storage boxes, trunks, etc. Anything there would be evidence on. Mm -hmm. The furniture to keep is in the living room, and the wardrobe that has been taken apart in Arthur's bedroom, and the desk in the laundry room. The rest can go to the dump. The nearest one is Eco Point, three kilometers from the house, open until midday on Sundays. And there's a section that's redacted. Accept the boxes pertaining to Project Crystal, maps, tickets, etc., which need to be given to FM, full name redacted. Contact them by phone. Also accept the equipment to give back Boisier router. <laughs> the furniture to be kept should be given to Lokmallo while waiting for it to be shipped to B, full name redacted, Agnes's brother below the house keys are hidden outside in the gas meter which you can open with any tool car key screwdriver knife note some of the copies of the front door key are badly done and you have to wiggle the key around in the lock to get the door to open and that's what i mean that's that is like something i would say yeah like, hey by the way it's kind of funky you just gotta like yeah i tell people when it. they
1: use my office keys like you <laughs> have to pull the door back and then turn the key, because if you just try and turn the key, it, it won't do it.
0: Yeah, like that that line specifically is, yeah, stood out me. Yeah, I do not want
1: you to come and ask me questions. I want you to be able to do this the first go around.
0: Mm-hmm. We are able to put everything we want to keep, and which we can by no means take with us, into a safe to find later, such as personal items, photos that might show a non-American life, souvenirs, computers, various pieces of paperwork, jewelry, weapons, etc., So you don't need to do any sorting, just throw everything out or keep it for yourself if you want, electrical appliances, etc. Inform Elaine and other friends of our departure. Sell the golf convertible and the Xantia, the signed paperwork is on the living room table, and send the money from the sale minus 20% commission for your services to to Christine. Contact her by phone. Note, the C5 was unsellable, so it was given to the father of one of Arthur's friends for parts. That's false because that's the car that he left in the parking lot when he walked off. Hmm. Also, go to Arthur's and Thomas's places to do the same thing. The landlords are aware. that addresses and keys are on the living room table. Presents for Cedric. To share with Renaud and other friends who lend a helping hand. To so thank you for your help. Table football, piano, TV, and other video equipment. CD, DVD collection, audio, and videotapes. Musical instruments, drum kit, guitar and bass, piano, plus some other things which anyone can take. Fridge, tumble, dryer, etc. P.S. No need to worry about the metal detector or the canoe. They can, stay with, they can stay there. Nor the rubble and other mess piled up on the terrace, at the end of the garden, and in the basement. That was all there when we moved in.
1: So was, this is why they think that he committed suicide.
0: He gave everything away. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, Bertrand. Arrange with Cedric to... Re- Recover and store the high value furniture to be kept. They are Hodinger, or actually, if it's French, it's probably like Hodinger family heirlooms. That's Agnes' maiden name. Contact FG, full name redacted, to get the crowbar display cabinet from her and take the other worthless furniture off her hands. Inform all the Hodinger family, redacted and there's another section that's redacted. Give the money from the sale of the display cabinet to Christine to share it with Vero. Keep the sales receipts from the furniture to cover the moving fees. Number three, a manual. Set up the appointment for a final inspection and inventory after 31 May with the P full name redacted agency and obtain the deposit and submit to Christine even if the amount is insignificant. Cancel the electricity, gas, telephone, water, internet, and water contracts. The paperwork is on the living room table. Tell our friends, Michelle, Mark, Ludo, etc., about our departure. FYI, all the letters addressed to the house are being returned to sender. Ongoing matters will fall by the wayside as time goes by Social Security and other professional or private matters. Number four, Christine and Bertram. Manage the accounts according to the instructions and the documents enclosed with this letter. More than 4,000 euros will be coming in every month to various accounts for a while in the proceeds from the sale of the furniture mentioned above. Number five, Frederick. Inform Veronique and help her let the rest of the Lyonese family know. And there's a redacted section. The best thing to do to be to send her a copy of this letter when she is in Versailles. Veronique is his mother, I think. Okay. Or it's one of one of his female family members. Important, tell the youngsters not to divulge any information on Facebook and not to be surprised if the kids don't reply to them. If possible, pursue Project Crystal. This could be a good project for Arthur, Letitia's son, and maybe Edward. and it would allow us to have a comfortable income when we return. The Enclosed documents give an overview of the project, contact Cedric to pick up the stock of maps and tickets, so that's it for the to-do list the children's schools are aware as are Arthur's and Thomas's landlords and Agnes's and Arthur's employers. The official story is that we've been transferred to Australia for work without providing any specific details. It would be good if you could spread this false story on Facebook and elsewhere. We hope it doesn't drag on for too many years, but we're still anxious about how long the legal proceedings in the US will take. In a while from now, we will we will be able to send you some information by post. We've designated Emmanuel as the central contact as he has the advantage of knowing almost all of you. You will be the one who receives letters to be sent to you. He will receive instructions in good time. Of course, we send all our love and our thinking of you very much during this enforced separation. Take good care of yourselves. We'll have so many stories to tell you later on.
1: I don't understand why they're going into witness protection and he keeps telling everyone, everyone to spread the news that they're going into witness protection.
0: Even the firing range coach said he was like, yeah, I heard him telling people that he was going into witness protection. Yeah, that's not how that works. That's uh, where our story ends.
1: Yeah, so I've seen that episode. Yep. In my mind, he 110% did it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I could not tell you if he went into the woods and killed himself, him giving away all the worldly possessions, and then spending literally every dime he had uh, on, like, a fancy hotel room two nights before, you know, kind of lead you to believe that maybe he, he well he was done. He. He had closed the accounts,
0: So I don't know if he spent everything.
1: Well, he didn't have
0: much to spend, though.
1: He was yeah, that's true. a bunch.
0: But as far as cash on hand goes, I don't know if he spent every single thing. Yeah. Or if he'd been working with this Corona guy and had started setting up accounts elsewhere. And yeah. funneling things into there.
1: My hope is that he wandered off into the woods and... Got eaten by a bear. Fell and could not get up to survive but what i think happened is he probably went into the woods to some predetermined location where he had stuff stashed and by the time all this had happened they weren't even looking for him and probably just walked on out yeah got in a car with somebody and just left or maybe had another car somewhere that he had bought especially since he had borrowed money recently he could have Mm -hmm. got a little beater with cash yeah. registered it yet, um, and just drove off and abandoned a car in another country, and then... as it's like they said, like, from where he was, there's quite a few places that he could go to. Yeah. And... And I mean, he was <sighs> down there close to the coast. Yeah. Which opens up a bunch of other, you know, ports.
0: Yeah. And if he had been planning weird stuff like this for a while, and like, he's... A and year July? Almost. Yeah. yeah.
1: He was like, yeah, there's a
0: weird accident. It
1: totally wasn't me. Yeah.
0: Um He might have been siphoning away things and getting like fake passports and yeah and putting affairs in order in order in order to i
1: mean he borrowed sixty five thousand from that lady mm-hmm. that's a good chunk of money oh yeah he could have made sure all sorts of stuff was handled so so this is still an open investigation it is if you have any tips or anything of that sort You can contact the FBI Which is 1-800-CALL-FBI Yeah 1-800-CALL-FBI That's a
0: good place Nowhere actually said Where to call But I imagine the FBI Would be a
1: good place to start If you're in America Yeah This is our first Open Open case Well technically Israel Keys is still open Well Is it though? Technically Piece of shit You said we needed More open cases And so I Decided to Babe Ruth it Right on out of we're so alike in so many ways, but not in that way. <laughs> I'm like, save it. Save it for the end. Do a good, <laughs> good job. Make sure everything's perfect. And you're like, I need to show him right the fuck now. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Let me share so, with you. Oh. He definitely had some mental needs. I think that there was definitely something wrong with him on... Um, not just because of his behavior after killing his family but because of his behavior described by Agnes and those are really toxic and abusive traits yeah and narcissistic and you know i think a lot of that is very telling of the kind of person that he could have been and it's very unfortunate that he murdered his whole family and i think that i don't know I just feel bad for those kids. Like, all, all I can see now is just that picture of them on the couch, like, arms over each other. Just very happy and, like... Yeah. Loving to be with their family. And I just think, you know, how could... How could you ever think that being dead is better for your family than... Being together like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's always another way. There's always a better way and... I know that it's hard to see that sometimes, but I think that it's just really sad that he wasn't able to see that. And if he had been, then, you know, his kids would be alive and his wife would be alive and he would not be, I don't know, dead or on the run. Well, thanks for tuning in
0: to another episode of Murder
1: Moms. And be sure to like and subscribe. Please share. We are available on iTunes and Spotify and a bunch of other ones basically wherever
0: you get your podcast. yes i use podcast addict and that catches it follow us on facebook and instagram and twitter also subscribe to our newsletter yes Uh, the link for that is on our facebook and that's where you're going to get my sources and you're going to be able to see all the pictures that we use and any corrections that we get are going to be in there links to our merch
1: Join our Patreon, Uh, you can give us some support there. And you obviously, there are different tiers and you get different benefits from it. Anywhere from discounts or free stickers and merch to hearing our bloopers and our just rants um, while we're recording that I end up editing out. But yeah, uh, we will see you in two weeks and it will be my turn. Are you gonna tell me? Hell no. I'm Janessa and that's Maggie. And this is Murder Moms.